All right. <laughs> is your mic plugged in or are you going through your earphones again? Mike, I set it up when I first entered the room, but beyond okay, that, I don't, know, I don't know how to tell the difference. Was okay. it better with? Yep. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. Okay. All right. Oh, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Unseen Must-Sees, the podcast where myself, Kendra Timmons, and myself, Alison Bousnay, <laughs> talk about the movies that we have not seen, or at least one of us have not seen, and the entire world and universe and social circles in our lives tell us that we should have seen, considering that we're both actors, and so we've decided to sit down and watch them and see if they really do qualify as must-see movies, or maybe not. So, hi. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> In case anyone tune that out, because I know that sometimes it takes a minute to to get back into podcasts. But I put a little jingle behind it now, so it's like you get to dance along with it. <laughs> it has it has musical interest. Yes. Okay, so this week, just to recap for everyone who maybe missed the last episode or who is tuning into this as their first episode, which, good for you. You seem like one of those people who, like, eats dessert first, and I respect that. Um... <laughs> So, <laughs> last week, or I guess this week, we watched Mulholland Drive. It is like a, a strange thriller mystery story after someone wrecks their car on Mulholland Drive, which is a famous, very windy, some would argue dangerous road in Los Angeles. She ends up getting amnesia. And meets a friend who kind of, they go through Hollywood and try to search for clues and answers to figure out who she was and, and what's going on. Mm-hmm. So it's directed and written by David Lynch, who is very well known for Twin Peaks. So he is kind of the mastermind behind this film. And our two lead actresses, Naomi Watts plays Betty slash... I forget what her other... Diane. Diane. Yeah, Betty slash Diane, who is the actress who comes to Hollywood and is trying to make it. And then Laura Herring plays Rita slash Camille. Camille. Yeah. Camille, who is, you know, the woman with amnesia slash another potential actor. (laughs) Have you seen this before? No, you have not, Kendra. Yeah, okay, me neither. It was my first time watching. To be honest, I haven't really watched a lot of David Lynch stuff. I haven't really watched Twin Peaks. I haven't either. I think it's on your list. Is it on our list? I don't think so. It's a TV series. Confused with Fargo. Yeah, it's a TV series which it was on TV in like the like 1980s, 1991. I think it stopped airing, and then now it's kind of done a reboot in like 2017. Right. I think. So yeah. So as I was watching this, I was like, Sean, what is happening right now? And he was like, (laughs) You don't know David Lynch. And I was like. No, I do not. We have not been introduced (laughs) until this very moment. But I, listen, it's long. It was a long film. I didn't like it. Then I loved it. Okay. So that's how that went for me. I was like, what is happening? I'm so confused. I don't understand. Why is everything so weird? Is this just like what David Lynch thinks the world is? And then at the end of the film, I was like, Oh, I was on a journey that I didn't understand until the very end. And I do enjoy movies like that. I appreciate that you understood anything that happened at the end. I agree with you that I liked it better. Like I liked the back half of the movie better than the first half of the movie. But it didn't it didn't close any doors. It didn't answer any questions. So my understanding is Naomi Watts' character, Betty, her actual name is Diane, and the end basically summarizes that I think the reason why I understand this is because I did a play that was basically this. Okay. I was going to say, this felt like a bad friend show, I would see it, at like... 10 o'clock at night. I, I was in a play called Mary's Wedding, which was a basically a dream sequence. And then at the end, you found out that she was allowing herself to dream about this one more time before she goes to marry someone else. You think she's going to marry one guy and then she ends up marrying another guy. And so at the end of this film, from what I understood, was that Diane who in her alter ego created this Betty character in which she, in Diane world, fell in love with Camille, was on set with Camille all the time. Camille clearly was kind of just like a very sexual person who 
you know, enjoyed casual relationships. And in this beginning half, Betty created this, you know, I'm not the lead because of all of these external factors. It has nothing to do with me. I'm perfect. I book the room. I'm amazing. I'm, I shock people with my talent. And the reason why I didn't book it is because of you know, this mobster storyline that like it has to be this other person. And also she created this like alternate kind of storyline in which Camille, who ends up being Rita, it's not that she's not in love with her. It's that they have to like discover a new type of love together that's more honest and true in Diane's form. I, I'm not having a good, I'm not explaining this very well, but that's what I understood. It was like, it was basically like the dream sequence of Diane. That's what the film was to me. I was like, At oh, what, point? what do you mean? After she's committed murder or no, before? So or... she, so uh, after she committed murder. So like when, when the box opens and then she like, the box gets dropped. I was mm-hmm. like, ah, like the, I think the box represents consciousness. I know this sounds crazy, but I think this is actually what it is. So I think the box, that's what I got from it. The box is like human conscious and then we go into this other like more natural storyline because the whole time we're watching this and everything's really slow and really airy and everyone's very beautiful and very soft and very sad and very happy and like everything just seemed really odd the whole time Mm -hmm. like not real and even actors that I know are really good their acting was very bad like their Mm -hmm. acting was very jarring to me and I didn't understand it and then when I saw that I understood that it was like dreamy because when she opens the box we cut to this other world just for the last bit of the film it's super raw and real and she has this like regret of doing what she does I think she hired that man to kill Camille and then she feels this regret about it so when the key is delivered to her it's like the key of her consciousness and so she ended up killing herself because she couldn't deal with what she had just done does that make sense it does without any of the dream sequence if the movie was just about this is our relationship this is how this happened if it had been put in a different order yeah I could buy that yeah but because it wasn't I just like and there were so many pieces that just didn't fit explain to me the man in the diner with the scary face Explain the little <laughs> horror movie that we got at one random point in the movie. I was the laughed. diner haunted? <laughs> like, what? No, I think the flashback to the diner was that she saw him at the diner. So you know when you dream sometimes and you see faces that you don't really recognize? Those are like people in your life that you have seen. But, or at least that's what mm-hmm. psychologists say. That people who you don't know are actually people that you have seen that you're just like creating these dreams about. Right. So I think she, in the diner, when she hired the hitman, she saw him and then created this, because this diner is like the pivotal moment for her where she actually hires the hitman. Yeah. But I'd have to go back to that scene and hear what he actually says because there was so many moments in this film where you're going like, okay, there's like the end, there were so many things that happened in the end that I was like, okay, this like, she won a, I think it was like can-can or like swing dance. And I was like, wait, the beginning, there was all these dancers, but she wasn't part of the dancing, but then she just showed up in the front of it. There's so many really small pieces that you had to, I feel like you had to like really, really pay attention to, or you just missed it. Right, which was hard because the the majority of the time, the only thing I was feeling while watching it was confusion. So mm. I was constantly being taken out because I was going, wait, what? Um, and like trying to make connections that just like didn't exist and in the process of doing that was not paying attention to what was happening yes. after that. Yes, this is the crux of these types of films. So this is me hypothesizing 100% right. about what right. this film is. Which must be the intent. They mu- it must be intended for to be as confusing as possible in order to allow audience members to speculate. Yeah. Like, there was no effort here to make it clear. No. No, 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 no. This is one of those films where you walk out and you go, what? What did I watch? Right. <laughs> 
That was a lot. I didn't like it for the majority of the film. Yeah. Because I didn't really fully get it until the end and then everything kind of came together and I was like, ah. But I even thought of like, there were so many scenes that I thought, why am I seeing this? Like, why am I seeing the scene of the director and his wife Mm -hmm. and... Billy Bob, whatever his name yes, is. Billy, Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yep. Like, why is that scene there? And then at the end, I was like, oh, she wanted to create this storyline of like, he's a bad person and he's cheating on his wife and he... he but he like, wasn't. She was cheating on him. Yes, but he was cheating on his wife. Like, in real life, he was... Or what I took was real life. He was with Camille. And so there was like, his life gets destroyed because his ex-wife is, or his wife is cheating on him and he was cheating on her and it was like a mutual fuckery. And then he loses everything. Like not only does he lose his house and his marriage, but he also loses all of his money for no, all reasons. And he loses his film. Everything gets lost to him. Do you know, do you understand what I'm saying? No. It it just, it felt like, it feels like you're trying to make a book report here where someone has said to you, okay, the assignment is figure out why it makes sense. Yes, absolutely. You're you're pulling, and not that you're wrong. Mm -hmm. Again, I think everyone is supposed to come to their own conclusion. Like, I'm not saying that at all, but it it just feels like, it feels like a stretch. Feels like trying to make it work where I'm not sure full credit is due to the filmmakers. I... (sighs) Like, I think you're doing a lot of extra work. (laughs) I don't think, I don't think I, I think that like when you look at a piece of art, like a painted piece of art and you have a sense of emotion and then you try to unpuzzle it, I think that's what I'm trying, I'm doing. Like, I think that that, I think that I saw this as like a canvas and I'm trying to come to like true meaning of what this all was. But Mm -hmm. the thing is, is like, I enjoyed that process a lot. Right. Like, I loved Shakespeare because I loved digging and finding and finding little meanings. But the thing is, is like, that's not necessarily everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. For most yeah. people's not cup of tea, I would have to say. Yeah, maybe I'm 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 probably grasping at straws. <laughs> but the thing is is I love watching films in which one I can identify a lot with Naomi Watts's character because I'm mm-hmm. an actor. And so thinking back on it, like the casting moment where she's in the room and she turns it really sexual when it's like a an abuse scene. Mm-hmm. And then everybody like loves it. Like I felt like as an actor, that really embodies how the beginning of my career felt where I felt like if you're not sexy, what are you? Even in the most inappropriate moments, I felt like sex was at the forefront. And during this time period when this film came out, definitely. So that casting moment, I was like, I was like, I hate it. I hate everything about this. Mm. It makes me feel so bad. Also walking out and everyone's like, where did you find her? She's amazing. And then immediately being faced with this, ah, fuck those guys. They suck. Everybody's worst. And I, I just felt like that tire moment felt really true and honest in terms of how I have felt before. But to think it in the way that I'm thinking about it, it was like the extreme version of the casting moment that Mm -hmm. I feel like she would create in her mind. And I'm going to stop now. (laughs) No. I really liked that sequence as well. Like there were lots of like pieces of the movie that I thought were cool. I just don't know how they fit together. Because I'm with you too where like I like the idea of, we've talked about it all the time, not being spoon fed and like not having everything handed to you. But like you kind of said with some other movies, my brain is grasping at which one at the moment, where you were like, I wish we'd been given more of a chance to like figure it out. Yeah. That's how I feel about this one, where I'm like... Bicycle thieves. Yeah. That's how I felt about Where I'm just like, I don't think gave you a shot in hell Mm. at knowing. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference for me is that like, if it's very pieced, like broken in pieces and put together and like, it's not super easy, I think I would have a less hard time. This to me, I think what it is, is this didn't feel intentional. This Mm. felt like we're going to throw whatever we feel like 
like at the wall and there were really gratuitous moments yeah where I was like this isn't necessary and it's confusing which and moments a lot of like the weird like bumbling again it's funny because I liked the sequence but the bumbling moment with the assassin mm-hmm. where he's killing the guy in the office to get this black book but then ends up having to kill other people because they're witnessing it and it's it becomes it was like almost a like a really dark comedy moment mm-hmm. but that to me I was like why is that there never comes back we never talk about it that's never from a perspective of anyone who's in a dream yeah no one who's there is involved in anything else so I'm just like this feels like oh look how good I can do comedy stuff also so I'll put it in there so I think in a dream kind of sequence creating like humor in that character could be seen as like potentially he's like gonna fuck it up or like not fuck it up but you know in real life when you're hiring a hitman that could be so scary I guess and then to create humor in that character could potentially lighten if I, if I was thinking of guilt could lighten the moment or lighten the imagery that you have of the person grasping which is fair but it's not it's not connected to anyone who feels guilt well in my mind Naomi Watts's character feels guilt of course but she's she wasn't involved in that sequence at all yeah but if it if it like I'm making it up I'm making this all up <laughs> in my theory of this film if she's creating this entire beginning part of the film she created that scene straws straws <laughs> sticking with my theory I'm sticking with and it you know what I was gonna say I respect that because I'm I, the ex- I'm doing the exact same thing but just on the opposite spectrum yes like, no no fair <laughs> I'm not that's totally I'm fair I'm not buying it uh, yeah this was one of those movies where I was just like if this was on tv and I was watching it I would be gone by the first commercial break I'd be on a different channel because yeah. there was just and I and it makes me feel like I don't know again it just wasn't for me Mm-hmm. I think that's what it comes down to is that because I hate being overly critical of like this is somebody's art this is somebody's hard work it was put together like a lot of effort went into making this movie mm-hmm. but it just was not it was just not for me it was just not something I will ever go back to ever again and I 100% appreciate that because <laughs> I think that a lot of people in our in our world specifically actors but in society in general who say this is the best film of all time and blah 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 and how dare you say it's not they don't see the perspective of like the general mass enjoys watching Fast and the Furious, Harry Potter like things Hmm. that there's like a generic blockbuster that has a great storyline that has you know all the elements but it's not seen as the best because Mm -hmm. of whatever these critics because it's popular yeah yeah and like whatever these critically acclaimed people decide is the best is what we should all decide is the best a lot of the times it's like no the maybe the best film if we really broke it down is potentially I don't know The Hobbit I don't know but yeah I think that that should be fully listened to and open and discussed is that maybe the things that we like we have claimed is the best maybe it just for the general public is just not the best right yeah and whoever's reviewing them is trying to elevate things and Mm -hmm. I think I'm somewhere like in a happy medium because I'm like I I was critical of it not long ago about like you know the highest rated movies being like we can do better than that like they can they can be more interesting they can be smarter I think that's what I like in something is I'm gonna veer more towards intelligent really well thought out especially if the movie's gonna be like this Mm -hmm. like something like Inception which was yeah. equally as confusing and in and out of sequence, but it was so well executed in terms of its research mm-hmm. and its exposition and, and those kinds of things, which is what I think this lacked. It just, this was more artistic than it was intellectual. Huh, yeah, no, that's a very fair point. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I think that's where it misses the mark for me, where I'm just like, I'm all about dreams and and flashing in and out, but make it make sense. Mm -hmm. It's got to be grounded somewhere. Give me a chance during the two hours to get the last 30 minutes. Yes. Which I agree with you. Yeah. Because it was literally two and a half hours. Which isn't that long, really, but it felt longer. And I also think, too, what you were talking about with, like, the acting style at the beginning of the movie where it felt bad and disjointed and there was weird pauses and things like that. Part of me goes, if if you really want to sell me that it's, it's a dream sequence and it's not real, like, go further. Like, make me know you're doing it on purpose. Whereas I was kind of like, 
it just didn't feel intentional. Mm. I knew it had to be because it was so off. And like you were saying, these are really good actors giving really strange performances. And I don't think the dialogue helped them. There was a lot of really on the nose or like nonsensical dialogue, especially in the beginning where they would like ask follow-up questions for stupid things, but then let really important things go. Where I was just like, I don't even know. Like, I don't know how I would have done this dialogue. Dialogue like this is, yeah, the hardest to pull apart. And I was thinking that during, but not in the same way, but I was thinking that during, I guess I was very triggered by this casting the scene scene as you and I know when we get sides we get a breakdown and there's action written within so you know kind of what you should do within the scene and from when she was rehearsing it with Rita you got the sense that this scene was like a you know her backing into a corner and being like get out of here you know type of scene and then when she performed it she switched it into this sexual thing and I was like you can't you can't do that like that's not like you wouldn't be able to do that in an audition this scene is written specifically there's no open ending to how you can portray the scene especially when someone has written it with intention to be a certain way and so I felt that's why I think I was like slightly clued into these like dream sequence moments because there were moments like that that I was like that was weird and wouldn't happen but also like what okay there was another moment when Laura Herring gets into the bed with Naomi wants and she's naked mm-hmm. and I'm like mm, no but also if it's a fantasy then maybe. maybe and then she's like I love you and I was like when and I like right. looked at the clock and I was like we've been watching this for an hour and a half when were you in love with her at what point did you fall in love with her how could you fall in love with someone who's has who has amnesia and doesn't know anything about themselves like I started getting like frustrated because I was like fuck like what is this like why 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 would she be in love with someone who didn't even know anything about themselves it felt like there was kind of those moments that were like breaking the surface mm-hmm. and then at the end it kind of made all that all or made sense to me I don't understand the singing part still like mm-hmm. when they go to that club I don't really and she understand. has a seizure and then is yeah fine. I don't and I then, don't understand that yep yeah the woman singing though oh I know I know she was so good I know. And the Italian, the, I didn't understand that either. The first guy who came out. But then also like they kept on saying, what they kept on saying at the end? Like. It's a recording. No, 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 no. That also made sense to me. Like it's a recording. Like it's not real. It's a recording. This is that if it was a dream, if this is a dream sequence, that made sense to me. It's a recording where this isn't real. We're so you're all... speculating that Naomi Watts didn't know she was in a dream that she was having? And I, I think that this was a dream so she knew she was in that dream she created but she wasn't like another manipulating it while she was like she wasn't conscious dreaming yes that's sure. my speculation okay this was like a full-on fantasy dream where she created a new person for herself that was this like you know cardigan wearing betty canadian yeah <laughs> and it was weird because at the beginning with those you know grandma and grandpa characters who were like good luck honey we'll see you on the big screen and then they get into the car and she like pats on his knee and is like ha 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 and I was like something weird is happening yep don't know anyway I agree with you however bicycle thieves I wish had some elements of this yeah I, yes I know what I know that's you wanted it to be more clear and now you want it to be less clear I feel like I wanted it to be more clear in the sense that in the end I was able to look back and be like, oh, that's what, that that's how I felt like this was clearer because I felt like I did get answers at the end. You made up answers at the end. <laughs> okay, made up answers, <laughs> but I felt like I was part of it. I felt like I was part of it. Bicycle Thieves I didn't feel like I was part of. I felt like I just just like sat back and just was like mm, okay this I felt like I was like you know in it with them I don't know not hey, during it only the last hey. 30 minutes right 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 only when things <laughs> changed yes exactly I don't know Kendra I know I I don't know either because I'm not usually like I can usually find like things that I find redeeming or really like which I, we're here like there were lots of like isolated scenes that I enjoyed But I think overall, the movie just gave me a feeling of, like, 
this makes no sense. What is happening? I found the sex scenes gratuitous because if it is a woman's dream, Mm -hmm. that didn't track for me. And that could be a sign of the times as well where it's just like, I don't know. It felt, that felt a little bit male gazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I found there were lots of things that really took me out of it. And I think the length of time it took to get to something different is what lost it for me. If there had been more of a conclusion a little bit sooner, then maybe I could have hung on. It was like a similar feeling that I had during Before Sunrise. Mm-hmm. That like it's gone on long and long enough that I know I'm I'm screwed, you know? Like this this confusion part has gone on so long that I don't think anything is going to redeem it at this point. Yeah. Like I kind of gave up. Okay, yeah. Is maybe why I'm not feeling like a similarly satisfied conclude. Like, I don't think it would have mattered what they brought me at the end. I would have been like, that still wasn't worth all of the confusion I felt at the beginning. Yeah, this is a film that I definitely would not want to have seen in theaters. I would like to see it now in theaters that I've seen it once. Right. But I wouldn't want to see it in theaters for the first time. It would have been really overwhelming, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like because I was intimate in my own bedroom, drinking champagne, I may add. But I was sitting in my own bedroom and like writing notes and... I took three pages of notes because I was like, I think there's there's some map that I'm trying to like figure out here. <laughs> so I, I think that I needed that to watch this film, which is definitely yeah. not going a to be a watch. Yes, definitely not a typical watch. And I want to watch it again to try to find more clues but I think that that's not necessarily the best way to go about your film is if someone has to watch it again well I don't know I think there's exceptions to that because I think there are movies where you see the ending which Mm -hmm. spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen The Sixth Sense pause this podcast and go watch it right now but that movie is a movie where it's like you want to watch it again because all of a sudden all that stuff has been there since the beginning the reveal that he's been a ghost the whole time and then you go back and you realize that yeah no one in the movie interacts with him but the kid like there are so many really intelligent pieces in there whereas I do not believe that would be the experience watching this a second time Mm -hmm. I think you might pick up on more and could like speculate but there wouldn't be anything where it would make it a completely different movie Mm. you're right the sixth sense that was pretty close to perfection it was very clear as well Mm -hmm. when you thought back of Bruce Willis's wife but it didn't give it away the whole time yes yeah no it is true those moments are very very clear and you want to go you're you're right that would be a fun go back after yes. it's, it's done this is like a what are those called treasure hunt yeah treasure hunt where you get like a clue that says like hard-boiled egg and you're like what the fuck is the hard-boiled egg you know like <laughs> what do you mean and then you're like the hard-boiled egg it? represents the universe <laughs> yes yes and then you go to the bathroom and you're like a tampon <laughs> a tampon <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm happy that we feel very different about this yeah. film. Yeah, we haven't had that in a while. Yeah, we're very often on the same page. So I'm glad that we have different... I said that to Jenna. I was like, Allison's going to like this. She's such a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. But I didn't. But I do. Right. Yep, I do. I would love to be part of a movie like this. Also, I just want to say, during the fantasy part, I did write a note that said, why do I feel like everybody is about to have sex with each other all the time. Like mm. everyone. Not just the two female actresses, but like the whole very... world is so sexually tense consistently, always. And yeah. then... They were very effective and like they d- certainly did create a feeling even though it wasn't a feeling I enjoyed the way that they were acting and the way that they were taking in human pauses they also didn't this was also one of those movies where it's like they forgot how to human they were like opening cupboards weird and like doing extra they were doing like hallmark style reactions to stuff yeah like they were like winks to camera yeah and I was like this is so bizarre and it did succeed in making me feel very on edge Mm-hmm. Which I think the sound also helped with that. There were moments I had to genuinely like Google, is the sound on this version of Mulholland Drive screwed up? Because mm-hmm. there were moments where dialogue was like, it looked like they were whispering, but nothing was coming out. And mm-hmm. there were moments where the sound was really loud. Like this is definitely one of those movies where you got to have the remote handy. Mm-hmm. for when people are going to be like scream like the car like the juxtaposition of like the screaming teenagers and then like the silence of 
the holdup or like the almost crime, like when it was cutting back and forth, like it was jarring to the ears, which I think is a technique used in a lot of like horror films. So that was also the thing where I was like, I don't know what genre I'm watching. Like, is it film noir? Is it a horror movie? Is it like what what is it that they're that they're trying to go for here? So I will say it, it definitely put me on edge. I'm not sure it put me on edge in the right way because I was again pausing the movie to Google. Is there something wrong with my sound? Is the oh, track yeah. missing? I don't know. Like, it, it was hard to tell if it was an error on the streaming services part or an error on the filmmaker's part, mm-hmm. which is towing that line, I think, of what you're trying to create. I eventually forgot about it, but at the beginning I felt like the ADR was, like, really weird. Mm-hmm. I also felt like the music was, like... X-Files like I felt like I was in a Twilight Zone I was like what Mm -hmm. which I feel like was the purpose it was all very like now that I'm like I'm I'm sitting here and I'm like thinking about it more like more (laughs) I think I think I'm right I think I'm right, Kendra. I'm thinking about it. If you remember at the end of the movie when the neighbor woman who's like, we switched apartments. Mm -hmm. Do you remember her? Mm -hmm. And she looked, I found the casting, I was like, why did they cast so many people that look like other people? Right. I truly was like, wait, is that the waitress or is that Naomi Watts? Like, who is this right now? Because I Mm -hmm. was... They also cast people who looked like celebrities. Yes. There were a couple times where I stopped to Google. I was like, is that waitress Kate Moss? Yes. like, is that vacuum janitor Willem Dafoe? There were so many people who looked like famous people. Yes. There were so many times where I was confused about who I was actually looking at. I feel like now that I think about it, that was intentional because the neighbor woman looked like Laura Herring kind of. Like mm-hmm. they had similarities. Yeah. So at the end when she went to go pick up her lamp and her dishes, she was like, those detectives are looking for you. And the key was on the table, which means that the assassination was complete. And that could have potentially been like one of her previous lovers. Too many. Too many. I'm making too many reaches. <laughs> I'm reaching way too far. I appreciate that you see them. I'm sitting here and I'm like, why did they cast so many people that looked exactly like the other actors? And then I was like, oh, she probably picked Betty because the waitress's name was Betty and she looked like the waitress. So she was like, oh, we're going to just switch. Mm -hmm. That's where she got the name from. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then I was like, but why did the neighbor look like Laura Herring? Was it that the neighbor... And Naomi Watts were like a thing, and Naomi Watts Maybe. has like a. And it went bad, and they didn't, they weren't. Yeah, and she has public. like a type of like a dark, tall brunette. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Why did the, was it like her agent, the redhead, look like the aunt? Do you know what I mean? Like those yeah. people looked alike. Yep. <sighs> okay, I'm done. I'm just gonna stop no, thinking about yeah. it. I'm gonna be sitting here for like 48 hours <laughs> being like, wait, Rubik's cubing wait. this film. <laughs> You know what? Someone has to. I'm sure someone has written a thesis about this film. I was going to say, there were a couple of times where I try actively not to, to Google stuff when, when we watch the movie just because yeah. I don't want to ruin two truths and a lie. But Jenna was looking stuff up to be like, is that this person? Is that that person? And the first thing, you know, the autocomplete on Google as she was typing in Mulholland Drive was explained. Like, there are, like, 20-minute-long YouTube videos of people who wow. have tried to in-depth explain the ending or explain the film or whatever. So I don't th- I don't think... I'm going to look them up after You this. are unique at, in wanting to put things together. I want to, like, look up an interview with, like, David Lynch and be like, yo, what what did you think it was? And mm-hmm. I want to know if I'm close. Because then right. that would be cool. Also, though, because I do Two Truths and a Lie, and this is not part of the Two Truths and a Lie, I know that the actors were also confused. Right. And he did not want to explain it to them. He didn't help. Okay. No. Fun. So <laughs> I doubt he's done an interview. But I'll look it up. Yeah. Anyway. Do you have anything else, my dear? I don't think so. Okay. I think we're hit everything I didn't take very many notes though I gave up I usually don't take many notes but you know when we talk about being immersed and like suspending reality I was it was not suspended for me because I was so questioning everything so to suspend reality for me that's you can't do both no you cannot so I'm like three page notes heavy because I was creating a map okay so two truths and a lie are you ready I'm so ready okay 
I think this is going to be impossible. This is going to be impossible. <laughs> there was a lot for Two Truths and a Lie that I could have done. I had to hold back. Usually yeah. I have to grasp at straws. Not today. Yeah. Okay. So Adam, who is Justin Throw, who, by the way, did you know Justin Throw and the viral TikTok, my money don't jiggle jiggle. It holds. They're cousins. Ah. Yeah, they're first no. cousins. Fun fact. Louis Thoreau and Justin Thoreau are first cousins. Cool. He and is this. he's a force. The like the director. Like he's, yeah. Um no, Justin Thoreau. Like oh. he he screenwrites, he like he is he has been involved in a lot of very famous, very successful stuff that you wouldn't necessarily connect him to. And I would love to look into him more because I was watching this and I was like, why is this guy so famous? Because I he know was, he's famous, but I don't right. really know why he's so famous. He was the strongest part of this movie to me. Because hmm. his stuff, and maybe it was intentional, I don't know, but again, I'm not, I'm not even going to go that far because he never to me felt like he was out of place acting wise where everyone else in the quote-unquote dream sequence was that i'm assuming is a dream sequence that you're assuming is a dream sequence was like over the top and and making interest he was always very grounded even in that first like asian producer meeting he was like what's going on why are you doing this like he was the grounding force for me where he was always consistent across the board in his performance. However, when he comes back to his home and his wife is in bed with Billy Ray Cyrus mm-hmm. and he drives out and goes to that skeezy motel office space that has now told him he has to leave and he has no money. What was the cowboy? Explain the cowboy to me, Allison. The cowboy <laughs> was in was in the end as like a per, as like a just a person in space. So th- th- there's that. So he's mm-hmm. another random person that you dream of. He seemed so. He said, "If you're good, you'll see me once, and if you're bad, you'll see me twice." Mm-hmm. If he's talking to her, if she goes through with, if he seemed like the angel of death. Okay. So if she's good, she doesn't die. But if she's bad, she kills herself. Okay. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't know. Someone's going to very well be right. Someone's going to look at this and be like, Alison Buzner is definitely making links where they do not exist. <laughs> or Alison Buzner's a genius. And she's no, there's no way I'm a completely. genius. There's absolutely no way I'm a genius. But he seemed like an assassin, no? Uh, and that was one thing at the end where I was like, how is he going to see you twice if he's bad? Like, okay, he's going to kill you. And yeah. she killed herself. Well, I guess if you do well, I'll see. Uh, yeah, I don't know why you would see him at all if you did well. But if you did bad, you would see him twice. Because he said, because he was the one who also said, hey, pretty lady, wake up. So I guess, oh, fuck, I don't know. I think he's like the angel of death. I think he's the angel of death. All right. Okay, because if you, okay, okay, so if you're good, you see me once, and if you're bad, you see me twice. That's the one time right now. If you're good, you see me this one time. And if you're bad, you see me twice. So now this time and the next when you die. Yeah. I can't remember if he said twice more or not. I don't remember either. I don't know. I'm going to look it up immediately after and be like, here's an article. I'm 100% wrong or I'm 100% (laughs) right. I'm on the money. I don't know. I have like a nauseous feeling a little bit in my stomach for basically I feel like I'm being very vulnerable right now. (laughs) Why? I feel like I'm being very vulnerable in like my thought process. Yeah. And like my artistic quirks. And uh, if someone who knows anything is going to listen to this and be like, what a dang idiot she is. I'm actually no, trying to No, I don't think swear. that's it at all. Okay, well, no. I don't you're, know. No, you're fine. Okay. Just because I'm not getting it. That's, that's, that's a me thing. I don't know, Kendra. Okay, back to two truths and a lie. <laughs> now that I feel very uncomfortable. I'm fine. I'll be fine. Okay, so Adam. That's his character's name. So okay. Adam smashed the windshield with a golf club. Do you remember that scene? Yeah, that he carried around with him. Yeah. So that is actually based off an actual incident with Jack Nicholson. Apparently, Jack Nicholson did the exact same thing to an executive. And Nicholson has the nickname of Mulholland Man because of the film coming out and doing this this scene. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Two. David Lynch had the idea for this film TV series. Because here's another thing. So this was actually supposed to be a TV series. Hmm. 
a pilot came out and it never got picked up. So David Lynch had this idea for uh, this film TV series after he wrapped Twin Peaks. He was at a party at his own home on the Hollywood Hills and two young actresses were together kind of mingling near his pool and he became fascinated with them because one of them was very charismatic and like introducing themselves to everybody else. The other one was very shy and kind of clinging to the other one but he was really fascinated with their chemistry and so he created this storyline based off of these two strange women that showed up at his house by accident. And lastly, so Mulholland Drive was a TV series as I just mentioned. I had a pilot. It ended up getting rejected and eventually turned into a film that was funded by Studio Canal. Now, the TV series was a, was an ABC TV series, which, by the way, would have done horribly. But mm. ABC rejected it because of many reasons. But one of their big reasons was that Naomi Watts and Laura Herring were too old for them. And they were unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And they were unbelievable to be young women pursuing an acting career at their age. And they were so adamant that this concept with, because David Lynch didn't want to let go of those two women, Mm. he refused. So they were so adamant that he would never get funding with those two as his leads that after the pilot, a year later when he went to film the the actual film, they went to ABC and were like, where's the sets? Where are the costumes? And they had destroyed it immediately after. They had gotten rid Mm. of all of it because they had zero faith in this concept. Yeah. So concept ABC, okay. David Lynch and the two ladies, yep. and the Jack Nicholson story, Mulholland Man. Okay, so I think Jack Nicholson doing that is absolutely true. I'm just going to eliminate that right off the bat. That's something that I see as being completely possible. Mm-hmm. I, and in saying that, don't know Jack Nicholson personally at all, but I just, that feels, that feels grounded in reality to me. So I'm going to eliminate that one. I think it's a bit up in the air for both of the other ones. Because both of them had details, which we all know Allison is very good at at adding. And both have, like, truth to them. Like, I can imagine a concept coming out of just almost being, like, a voyeur of other people. Like, that seems like something that would fit very well with the end product that we got. And I also think it's very realistic that after Twin Peaks being like the cult success that it was wanting to do another series right away and so like ABC would be excited but would also be critical of women being too old like that seems very on the nose and like very accurate for the time period and Hollywood as we know it so I don't know it's fitty fitty I think I think number two is the lie the strange women at the party you are correct (gasps) oh yes yes you did it you freaking did it (laughs) <laughs> yes, I made that one up. Very I well. Up. Yeah. Very I don't well. so I like I said I have not watched any interviews with David Lynch, so I don't know <laughs> yeah, anything his, about what, how this happened. Yeah, his mind. Yes. But I will immediately after this go look at some stuff. Yeah, I will. Which is arguably the fun of movies sometimes is to want to go deep dive I always love the like behind the scenes stuff I miss in fact I would argue that's the reason I miss DVDs the most (gasps) was those bonus features of like how this was shot and like you know there was just so much more room for that and I think there are some studios like I did watch some special features on I think it was Amazon Prime did some behind the scenes stuff or sometimes have those like added elements to their shows but like I love that stuff when you and I Go to my cottage. You are going to be the happiest person in the world because we have hundreds of DVDs. (laughs) We don't have internet there. And all I do is watch previews and behind the scenes because I freaking love both of those things that I feel like they don't really exist anymore. No. No, it's a dying art. It is. Well, congratulations, Kendra Timmons. You You have done it again. Someone is keeping track of the score. Yeah. Not us. (laughs) Not us. Someone is. And I think we're fitty fitty, like you said. I I agree. (laughs) I think think it's pretty even. Uh, All right. Shall we go into those? I think we shall. Okay, so for anyone joining us new this episode, the musties are uh, Allison and my personal rating system that we use here on this podcast. It was originally must-sees, we shortened it, and then decided that um, if Rotten Tomatoes can 
rate with tomatoes than we can rate with something musty, which is mushrooms. So out of 10 mushrooms, mushrooms. <laughs> out of 10 mushrooms, we will rate different categories, them being on the page, on the screen, and on the brain. So let's dive right in. A Buzz drops the mic. Plot. I don't know. You know what? I would have been very interested to read this script. Mm-hmm. Especially the beginning. The intro with like the dancers and the loop. Like how do you write that? Yeah. But the plot. It's hard because because I'm hypothesizing the plot. Mm-hmm. But that's I real l- to you. Yes. Your I really liked the movie at the end, but I feel like I only figured it out at the end. I'm going to have to give it like a seven because okay. it's not like a, I'm on the fence. Like I did enjoy it, but I've, I have a lot of questions and I don't know mm-hmm. if a plot should have that many questions. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Character breakdown. If the character that I have created in my mind of Naomi Watts and Laura Herring, actually all of them, is true, then it's genius. Right. And I'm going with a 10 for that. Okay. Because I think that, I think that think the movie right. that I watched, I'm right. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dialogue. Oh, man. See, I need to like, I feel like I need to rewatch it because I feel like there's so many hidden treasures and hidden gems and Easter eggs in this entire dialogue. So as much as like, I feel like it was weird and I felt out of place when I was watching it, I think that, I think that a lot of the dialogue was like little bits and pieces all over the place, which again would be genius to me. <laughs> 10. I'm going to give right. it a 10. All right. Okay. Allison has spoken. I don't know why. (laughs) Okay, for me, I'm going to give the plot a four because I think... And I don't know whether this is a situation where I'm sure other people can relate to this, but when you think you're going to watch a different movie than what you end up watching, sometimes you can get stuck in like a weird mindset, which is why trailers are so, can be so detrimental to a project. Like if you go see a trailer and you're like, oh my gosh, this looks so funny. And then you go see the movie and the only funny parts they featured in the trailer. Yeah. That feels like such a letdown, like you were cheated. And I think to me, the plot line that I read out last week in, in preparation to watch this movie, that's a movie I want to watch the the plot line of someone getting amnesia and having to figure things out and you know being caught up in like a potential like mobster assassination situation and then you were to find out that the person helping you was the one who put that hit that's genius that's so interesting to me that's not what I got I got really out of peace places and I got weird dudes in rooms with intercoms and a random dark comedy murder thing. It just, as a plot, as a whole, it didn't fit together. There were lots of like out of place pieces that did not work for me. So for that reason, I'm going to give it a four. I think it's there. I think the idea is there. I just don't particularly like how it was executed. And then character breakdown. I do feel like we got to know the two leads well in their trepidations, in their relationships. And and I thought the character was cool. Like the juxtaposition of Betty being very naive and optimistic and wanting to see the best in people. Like that was parts where I was like, this has to be purposeful because anyone who would walk in on a naked stranger in their bathroom and then continue to stand there and have a conversation with them instead of immediately getting out of the room and talking through the door and being like, who are you? What is happening? Exactly. Like those kinds of things. And then also to see her also be the adventurous one was kind of cool. Like there was depth to that character despite the fact that she was like the naive I'm here to be an actress blah 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 like that trope I think they gave it a little bit more depth I liked Justin Thoreau's stuff like I said I thought that performance was very grounded in a lot of places did we get to know a lot about their backstories and where they come from no but I don't think you were ever going to so I think for that one I'm gonna give it a seven and then for dialogue it gets a two even in the dream sequence stuff I found the dialogue so either really on the nose I would agree with you if the stuff that happened later because I think the performances got more grounded I think the performances were like crazy over the top in the dream stuff and then when we snap back to reality it was all very grounded and very raw but the dialogue wasn't better Mm. it still had random words in places that didn't make sense for the vocabulary that person would have or would use I have a particular note that said this might be some of the worst dialogue that we've gotten yet I really felt pulled out of it by the structure of some of the lines or the over 
explaining in a lot of the lines where they said things four or five times exactly mm. the same. The dialogue really stuck out to me as being weak. So for this category on the page, my final score is a 4.33 and Allison's is a 9. Hmm. There's a lot of scenes that also had one line in it. Just one line. Yeah. Just a throwaway. I'm still thinking about it because there's like that scene where she has to like go from a brunette to a blonde because now she knows she has to like hide Laura Herring's character. But why does she know that? Because she just sees a dead body? Uh, Because the person that she recognizes is dead, which was her. And so she just assumes that she's going to be assassinated. So she's like, I have to change what I look like. And so she puts her in a blonde wig that looks exactly like her hair. Mm -hmm. So many questions. So many questions. And I just don't know. I feel like I need to make like a family tree of this. Yeah. Um, what are those one of those murder boards? Yeah. Those murder detective boards with I do. the string. With this red string. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I I feel like that's what I have to do. Okay, production value. So there were some moments and I did write it down while I was confused that I was like, I enjoy these like shadow moments. The scene where that man is in sitting in that weird like wooden chair in Didn't an empty room. Didn't it feel like um, 2001 A Space Odyssey to you? It did, yes. And then this other man is like, we're gonna shut the film down, that that scene. So he like walks into like the pane of glass and then he walks out into like the shadow. I thought like moment, there was a lot of moments of like really cool, mm-hmm. mysterious film work and light work that I thought was really cool and done to me really intentionally. I feel like a lot of the times people choose gimmicks to kind of just make it cool but like this felt like at the it was noticeable and I, I I really enjoyed it so in terms of production value I'm going to give it let me think about it for a second because mm-hmm. now I'm thinking about the like courtyard and like why was the camel conversation in the oh, yeah anyway I'm gonna give production value a 10 because I, I didn't see a problem with the production value acting and casting I don't know so at the end I ended up getting like it was all acted like that on purpose I was Mm -hmm. confused by the casting I'm like why are they casting a bunch of people that look like each other but now that I think I'm gonna I'm going with my theory I'm being confident about it my theory that's what you got out of it that's what I got out of it that's what I'm going with it was a 10 for acting and casting now I've done it you know also with the fact that a director wants to stick by his cast and then there's these outside element people who are telling him that he has to cast some other woman that he has no say over. Which was mirrored in the movie. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Justin Theroux's character didn't want to. Exactly. So, like, there's so many. I think it, okay, okay. 10. Directing, 10. I don't, I mean, to me, I don't know. Like, I know that there's, okay. I don't know. I'm I'm figuring it out. Okay, for me, production value is going to get a seven because I think sound really took it down for me where I couldn't figure out if it was a mistake or not. Like, if you're going to do weird things with the sound, commit to it so that I know we're consciously making a decision for a diner to be completely silent or for weird, I don't know, I just, or is it ADR, is it not, are they whispering, are they not? Like, I found, and maybe that's an issue with, like, transferring the film to streaming services, I don't know, but I haven't had this issue with sound in some of the other movies we've watched that are actually older, so to me, that took me out in a lot of places, because I think the costumes, I think the makeup were great. I did have a critique, whether it was intentional or not, but, like, I had trouble placing the time period. Mm. Like, what period of time were we in? I know the movie they were making was set in the 50s but then the camera that they were using seemed older than technology you would have in the late 90s and a lot of the cars were kind of old like I just couldn't it didn't feel like a decision was made about what time period they were in and again maybe that was intentional if it was if it was a dream and and it had to be because there's no other there's no other explanation but I just I found that a little over the top because because so many other things we've watched have been so good at placing things in a period or in a time or in a feel and this one felt very all over the place to me I think acting and casting was getting to see the juxtaposition of specifically Naomi Watts's performance also of um what's her name Lucy Laura 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 as well where she was like the very like shy fearful and then in the end was like kind of like a very seductive kind of like minx character I think seeing getting to see the difference was really cool because it showed that the acting chops were there if you had checked out after the first half I think your critiques of the performance would have been that it was bad but I think that was the direction and that was the vision so I'm not faulting anybody's 
performance for like that part of the movie. I think in casting, again, like we've had of many critiques of other films, there was no diversity in this movie and there wasn't really a, an excuse or a reason for that. So I'm going to give acting and casting a nine. For directing, I think it gets a five for me because I don't know, I don't know what he was trying to say. Mm-hmm. I think there were, like you said, there were little messages and I think there were nods to what he was feeling in terms of being a director and being told what to do and I think that idea of the casting couch was there but like in terms of like an overall lesson what did we learn I just don't think and like I said I found some of the sex stuff gratuitous so that to me is a bit of a fault on the director as well and I just I just think not enough of it came together and at the end of the day that is the responsibility of the director Mm -hmm. he's made a choice as to what the story is going to be and wasn't able to deliver it at least to me Mm -hmm. so for me that's I still think there was a lot of effort there was a lot of art there was a lot of heart and soul put into this so I can't say that it's bad directing I just for me it wasn't effective directing mm-hmm. for this category final scores for me is a seven and a final score for Allison is a 10 on the brain suspending reality so like not because right. I was questioning the entire time so therefore I'm gonna have to give it like a, a four all right because I was just thinking like is suspending reality also like potentially thinking about what's going on not really because I feel like when mm-hmm. I'm suspended it feels like I'm dissolving the questions and fully yeah you're figuring everything it out going out as you're watching yeah emotionally connected now it's hard to say I was emotionally connected to these characters only because I felt like I was f- there are some films television shows in which you watch an actor just like deliver something very raw and real and therefore you just you just fully believe it and you're really into it and you you can't help but be connected to them in that way. I'm not saying that these actors are not able to provide that. It's just that because I had so many questions, I wasn't fully connected because I didn't really understand where it was coming from at the time, if yeah. you know what I mean. Absolutely. I'm not necessarily emotionally connected because of that. This was yeah. more of a quest for me than it was an actor's journey or like a char- like a character arc. So I'm going to give emotional connection also before all right would I recommend this oh Nelly like (laughs) yes and no I would again it's like a fitty fitty like I would recommend this to someone who would want to look at this the same way that I'm looking at it but that is like a very few I feel like amount of people who would be weird like that people like my mom would be like no I don't get it I don't I didn't like this whatsoever I don't understand what happened so because I think that a lot of times we watch a lot of your recommendations come down to whether or not your mom she's a very hard critic she's a very (laughs) hard critic so maybe she's not the best person but she's like the first person to come to mind I think she's a good person because you're going if it's a movie I could recommend to my mom I could recommend it to anyone you know absolutely yeah you're right I'm gonna give recommendation a five For message, now the message that I got, there wasn't necessarily a message. This was like a story of guilt for me. This was like Mm -hmm. a story of guilt manifesting. Yeah, and there was no redemption story. There was no nothing. This was just manifesting an alternate universe so that you could relieve yourself from the bad thing that you've done. So was there like a message there? No, this was just like, this was just like an experience. Mm -hmm. for me so message or maybe there was like there were messages in terms of like how this person felt about the world in general like I keep on thinking about this casting scenario and how the director was like basically like a blubbering like idiot and like the rest of the world was so intelligent and like potentially kind and all that kind of stuff but the director was like it was good do I think it was what did he say do I think it was uh, forced yeah and I was like is really so I think there were messages there and to me those messages were like pretty clear at the end right so I'm gonna give message a five all right the brain was muddled (laughs) yeah the brain was tough because like you I'm gonna give suspending reality a two I was out for most of this movie. I, like we've done in other movies, I checked the time. Like I said, if I'd been watching it on TV, I would have been gone. Even in the odd, the, the, the dream sequence or like that stuff was just too long. 
because it didn't give you a chance to connect with anything real. I've convinced you that there is a dream sequence now. There's no other explanation. (laughs) Other than it just being terrible. Which I don't want that to be the explanation. Like, there it, it there had to be a reason for doing things that way. Mm-hmm. But I just, it went on too long. It wasn't grounded in anything that, like, you could grasp onto, which is where I think the suspending reality is missed, the emotional connection is missed. It's tough to care about something that I don't understand yeah. or that I can't relate to. And so I think that was a miss for me personally. I'm giving emotional connection a two. Also... There were certain, again, there were certain scenes that I found really captivating, but I don't think those scenes belonged in the movie. I don't know what that says about it. Would I recommend it? No, it's getting a one. I I can't think of anyone. I can't think of anyone who I would recommend this to. Me! You'd recommend it to me. I'm the one person. But I wouldn't. That's the thing. I wouldn't watch this and go, oh my gosh, Allison will love this. I could make a conclusion that like of the two of us, you would find something that you liked out of it. But I wouldn't recommend this to you. Mm-hmm. I would recommend like, I don't know, like an indie dark comedy to you. Mm-hmm. I do love those. This movie to me, I don't think needs to be talked about <laughs> in my future. I don't think it needs to be. I think if someone asked me about it, we could have a really interesting discussion. There's something to be said for that. There's definitely things to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I'm not taking this movie with me. <laughs> I fucking love it. I love it. I love how you feel Um, about this. (laughs) The message, I think, like I said before, there were some, like, you know, exposing the casting couch and exposing those, like, things that are said behind people's backs. And I think exposing a little bit of at least the character of Betty's naivete was cool. Were there any, like, deep resounding messages for me? Not really. I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Uh, so final scores for Allison on the brain is a 4.5 mushrooms and for me is a 2.25 mushrooms. Which brings Which us means to? Mm-hmm. the final scores individually for us, Allison gives this movie a 7.83 and I give this movie a 4.63, making it an average of 6.23. Let's see. I want to see for a sec. <laughs> Do some. Yeah. Okay. It's above the rules of the game. I would have been pissed if it wasn't before. It's below. Below uh, before sunrise. But I think this movie should have been in like the seven eighths. But no. Kendra is uh, no. also part of the voting process. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's funny. I don't know. I think there's another one that, that we disagree. Where you no, you rated it really low. I think it was the Bicycle um, Thieves. Um, yeah, maybe. You also rated Citizen Kane pretty low. Yeah, I stand by me. that. <laughs> I, yeah, that one I don't have any, like, I can't remember which one it was where I was like, oh, I feel like this should be higher. Mm. But it doesn't matter. It's it doesn't okay. matter. Yeah. So this does pass the Bechdel test. It sure does. Because mm-hmm. we got two female leads. If anything can be said about it. It's that. And they both have great bobs, which I feel like we all should have. That was part of it as well. We wanted to see their bobs. Thank yep. This was the era before. For a minute there, I thought you said boobs. And I was like, Alison Busner. <laughs> I didn't say boobs. I said bobs. I know. Yes. I would never say boobs. <laughs> boobs. <laughs> it does not pass the DuVernay test, though. Because nope. um, not one person of color was in this film. No. No. So. Well, that's the not 90s. true. The, the backup singers were, but like, we can do better. Yes. So when I was doing Two Truths and a Lie, when they were casting the singer for this film, the the mm-hmm. amazing vocalist, I, I don't know what her name is at the moment. Anyway, so they were, this is kind of a gray area. David Lynch was recording all of them in the studio and saving all of their auditions. And when she auditioned, he saved it. And then her original audition is what we heard in the film. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, day player of the day. Yay, the place where we get to shout out a special performance in the film. Mm-hmm. So, my day player of the day is Diane Nelson. <gasps> we have you two? One. Yes! Oh my! I love when that happens. At some point, I love it. Oh, it's happened before. Actually, it's it's happened one time before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So unfortunately, her character name is Heavyset Woman. We need to eliminate stuff like that from filmmaking. But anyway, especially it could literally have been anything else. Yeah, apartment neighbor. Yep. It could have been an actual name. I mean, let's start there. That ideally, that's what it would have been. Yep. 
bare minimum, it could have literally been anything else. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I know. I thought she was great. I thought her fight scenes was great. I thought being shot in the leg and being like, I got bit by something real bad was really yes. funny. Yep. That scene was, there was there were moments that I don't think were supposed to be funny that I laughed at. This, I was like pretty sure I was supposed to laugh at. Yes, I think so too. I think she did a really good job. And I uh, that was a lot of work. Being called heavy set woman is very degrading. And I think she deserves all the praise. Yeah, she did a phenomenal job. Even, like, she wasn't, like, a pushover. Because mm. it easily could have been, like, oh, I have to go snuff out this witness. Okay, I'm going to go over and, like, you know, choke her out and all those things. And, like, but she was, like, she put up a fight where she was, like, uh-uh, it's not happening. I had a whole narrative within her scene of also, again, not, like, even accusing him. Like, th- that guy had a choice where, like, he came in and she was, like, oh, I got bit by something. I mean, I guess maybe if she goes to the hospital, you'll figure out what it is. And then she go, oh, or the was this guy who came in and whatever but like I thought her performance it stood out to me I did have I wrote a note wanting to shout out the singer as well Mm -hmm. because I thought that performance was phenomenal but I also struggled with that one because I was like there's no way to know that that was her voice I think it was Mm -hmm. I think it was but because it was a recording the whole purpose of that scene was that it, it was a recording it was like that kind of like blurred it for me but yeah Diane Nelson was obviously a standout for us both to have picked her I think that was one of my favorite scenes in the movie even though I don't know what its purpose was I liked it (laughs) I was feeling the same way about the woman who was singing I thought she was as well really good but again I was unsure because they kept on saying this is a recording this recording Mm -hmm. I was like is it her or did they just it sat it looked like her like and it's funny because I don't think people realize how difficult it is to do playback sometimes Mm. Because it's not just a matter of lip syncing. It's also a matter of like making your jaw look like it's doing the work with the vibrato and to make it look like you're genuinely singing. A lot of the times what they'll do is like they'll have you sing on top of it Mm -hmm. so that it looks realistic. Which is funny because all these TikToks are happening now. Have you seen the ones where it's like try to figure out who's singing? Yeah. There's like six people and you have to try and guess who's actually singing. And it, it is really like if you look hard, you, it's possible to find them. But it really is an art to do that effectively and as emotionally as she did. Mm-hmm. Was good as well. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why she fainted. There's a lot of questions. Anyway. Uh, so, Kendwa, what are we watching we next week? All right. All right, kids. The assignment. We're watching the movie Selma. So it was released in 2014, was directed by Ava DuVernay, who the DuVernay test is named after. So I think as mentioned in a previous podcast, this movie was on the list. And it is a chronicle of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s campaign to secure equal voting rights via an epic march from Selma to Montgomery, Alabama in 1965. So a historical drama, which Mm -hmm. is cool. We could use a Dr. Martin Luther King these days. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm very excited to watch this. I've never seen it before. Have you seen it? I have not. No. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We haven't watched a Ava DuVernay film yet, so... No. I also don't think we've watched a, like, a historical piece yet, either. Mm. I don't think like we have, either. Like, something that is, like, a dramatized version of a real event. Yeah. I love those. Me, too. I think there's such an art form in making something that happened in history relatable on an emotional level and I know sometimes people aren't happy with them because you do have to take liberties Mm -hmm. in what happened because no one was actually there this might be interesting because I think a a lot of people were there and like have accounts of what happened but yeah I just think connecting it to a human emotional place is always going to be effective in a different way than a documentary is Mm -hmm. yeah both are good Mm -hmm. Ooh, I'm looking forward to it me too all right Well, I guess that's it. That is it. We've come to the end. We're all done. Okay, well, (laughs) eat your lunch, do your homework, and come straight home. Yes, and go watch movies. You better watch them, or I'm going to catch you. (laughs) I don't know why I do that. I don't know why I say eat your lunch, do your homework, and come straight home. I don't know why that came to my mind, and I don't know why I say that other thing after, but I've decided that that's my thing now. (laughs) Maybe I'll change it. I love it. I was going to say, we evolve, Mm -hmm. because we haven't clapped in a while. And that was a big part of it. So, you know, we're just... We're just doing things. Exactly. 
Exactly. Uh, so thank you for joining us uh, if you've made it this far. You can find us at Unseen Musties on Instagram and Twitter. And if you have any movie suggestions, comments, just want to say hi, you can also always email us at unseenmustsees at gmail.com. Gmail. All right. Love you guys. <laughs> have the best day of your life. Bye. Bye.